So hello everyone and welcome back to the Pulse Podcast, the podcast that deals with all things residency in the beautiful province of British Columbia. So I'm your host today, my name is Jeff Frost, I'm a fourth year resident in physiatry, and today I am joined by... Oh, hi Jeff, it's Nicholas. Hello Nicholas, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure Jeff. So I'm Nicholas Monfries. I'm a fourth year resident in emergency medicine and serve as the president of resident doctors of BC. Wow. Way to make that as awkward and formal as possible, Dr. Monfries. Thank you for joining mm-hmm. us today on the, the podcast. So today uh, we wanted to talk about two things. We wanted to talk about the value of participating in the resident doctors of BC as either a board member or an executive director. Full disclosure, both you and I are executive directors. I think, maybe um, no, not executive directors. Yeah, I wouldn't board call directors. executive directors board directors directors, yeah, directors who directors, sit on yeah. the executive. Yeah, that's it. Directors that sit on the executive. I don't even know my own job title. How wonderful! Um, and we also were going to talk about the upcoming annual general meeting. Absolutely. So Nicholas, Nicholas, and I, full disclosure, are currently enjoying our beverage of choice. Nick's having a coffee. I'm having a tea. Uh, Nick just showed me how to make the coffee in your fancy little AeroPress. It's a fantastic device creates a great tasting cup of coffee and it has much more caffeine than a cup of tea and so i'm as i'm about to go into a shift at work this is what i need i mean the joy of physiatry is i don't have to work on weekends so there's no need for me to drink coffee at 4 p.m in the afternoon indeed um so being on the board is it worth doing up front i'm gonna ask you the hard-hitting questions as the interviewer today Absolutely. But I think it's important to know that when you're involved with any involvement is, I think, important in residency because there's a lot of different ways of getting involved as a resident, whether it's through external committees with your own specialty associations or through Resident Doctors of BC. I think it was a lot of fun joining Resident Doctors of BC um, because you're dealing with a lot of issues that directly affect your you and your colleagues in residency training Um, and so I thought it was a good time and it was also a great way to meet new people coming from another province um, to BC. I didn't know many people and so I met a number of uh, friends on the board and made a lot of connections through that. Cool so in terms of like give me the top thing that you got of being the president of resident doctors of BC professionally. I don't know professionally but I think it's You know, I think what I've experienced in this past year is that you learn a lot about leadership, about coordinating. This year was coordinating negotiations and um, a lot about time management. And so I think anyone who has an interest or at least um, a slight desire to explore whether they would consider having leadership or administrative roles in, in their career, I think it's a great opportunity to try it in residency to get a feel for how it is to manage going to meetings with your clinical duties. And do you think that it was a positive experience? Like you got something out of that? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think, you know, as I mentioned, I think you got a lot in terms of learning, got a lot in terms of connections and just learned a lot about our own healthcare system and how, um, you know, how we set budgets, how the government sets Mm -hmm. budgets. And so I think that's all really important stuff to take away from it. And so in a way, it's just an extension of residency. In residency, we're training and we're learning. And I think this involvement trained me in other things. And I learned new things outside of clinical medicine that I really appreciate and value. 
Cool. So one thing that I often hear people ask is, well, if I join the Resident Doctors of BC, will I be able to make a change? I see so much around me in residency that I think could be better, different, done in a, a way that might better help patients and myself as a learner. So do you think through your involvement in the Resident Doctors of BC, you've had a positive positive impact on the residency system? I would hope so. And I, I think I tell um, people who ask me that question, I think it's Involving, being involved in Resident Doctors of BC is probably one of the ways you can actually have that most direct impact. Um, though an important thing to note is a lot of the work that Resident Doctors of BC does is not obvious to all resident members. So this year we did negotiations and pretty much I'm sure every resident knew that was going on and you know the impacts are very salient from the collective agreement negotiations. But as we're going into a year where we're not negotiating, um, I think there's so many opportunities to get involved in impact residents, but it's not always obvious to residents what those things are because a lot of things happen behind the scenes. So I think it's important that people um, who are interested in this apply and join Resident Doctors of BC, but knowing that you may not know exactly what the project you want to work on is on these non-negotiation years. Hmm. So there's a deep state. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just you know it, I when I joined Resident Doctors of BC, I learned so much more about what the organization did that I never appreciated. So what's an example of something? I mean, I could speak for days about this as well, having done two years now with the Resident Doctors of BC. But what's something concrete for you that you mm -hmm. realize the Resident Doctors of BC does on behalf of residents that you had no idea of prior to your involvement? Mm. I think two big areas is one, sort of responding to to individual concerns or issues that come up, like... Um, as residents, we don't know exactly what other residents and other programs are dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so, you you know, we were brought to light issues at Resident Doctors of BC with one particular program and we act on them or we um, sort of figure out how to address those issues. And that will go without anyone else in another program knowing that happens. And then I think the other thing is how much we do on an external stakeholder basis. So how much... And what I hope we continue to do is work to advocate for residents in our training programs um, to other partners. So going to the government, going to the nurses union and other key stakeholders, um, I think is a really important thing that may not be as obvious to members who aren't involved in the organization. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I, I can definitely speak to some of the external stuff that we've done that I think is really how we make change is by getting involved in the system on a more broader level, providing our input as residents and pointing out where things can be done differently, perhaps better, so that it better benefits everyone involved, both residents, uh, staff, physicians, and patients. Yeah. And allied health. Can't forget about them either. So. For sure. How about we turn the table a little bit, though, Jeff? And what would you say? You've been Whoa, involved. Are in you interviewing the interviewer? I am. Yeah. I just feel very oh empowered goodness. by speaking into this fur-covered <laughs> microphone. Um, <laughs> it's called a dead cat. For those at home wondering... We have a wonderful setup for recording audio here at the Resident Doctors of BC. Nick has never really seen it before, so he's overawed at all the different little gizmos and gadgets we have that allow us to get this wonderful sound, these caramel voices, these beautiful, easy listening podcasts. If I only knew it was because of fur that this... It's work. not fur. It's 
fake fur. Fake fur. <laughs> Come on, um, we're from British Columbia. That's true. We need to be responsible and sustainable. <laughs> All right, but yeah. So going to you, Jeff. What would you say? Your how has you have you benefited from your involvement? And what would you say were the biggest takeaways from your involvement over the past couple of years? Mm, how have I benefited? So I think throughout my life, I've tried to be involved in leadership positions. And one thing that I've always been shocked by is how there's always a new challenge and there's always a new thing to learn and there's always a better way to do things. Um, like I was the president of my student government in high school. I ran a bunch of clubs in university. And in every step of the way, there is an opportunity to improve in your leadership style and the way you ensure things get done. And I would say Resident Doctors of BC has been no exception to that rule. It's been a great way for me to reflect on some of the things that, I've, that I do when I'm in leadership positions and some ways to improve upon them. And one of the great things about being in the Resident Doctors of BC, you meet other uh, people who are similarly motivated, uh, very very intellectual, I guess, which is something I always appreciate. And they're really good people to learn from. Uh, so your peers at the Resident Doctors of BC are a great group to learn from as well. So I think I've really benefited just in terms of reflecting on, on how to be a better leader because uh, it's something I'd like to continue doing throughout my career. Um, there was a second part to your question. What was the second part to your question? Well, I was just going to say, one, how you benefited, but what was your biggest sort of, now that you've gone through three years, what was the biggest takeaway and what would you tell others who are potentially considering to get involved? What would you tell them? The biggest takeaway? Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I hesitate to answer that question because unfortunately I think my biggest takeaway is somewhat negative. And my biggest takeaway is that uh, residents face an eternal challenge. And our, our eternal challenge is that as a group, our turnover is very rapid. So people are constantly graduating from residency and coming into residency. Uh, and at the same time, our time is very limited because we have to do things like call, journal club, province-wide rounds. Like we're, we've always got things on our plate. There's people always asking for our time. And that combination means that it's very challenging for us to achieve change on behalf of us as a group. Uh, and I think that would be that would be my biggest takeaway. Although it perhaps should be obvious, it's once you see it in practice, it really it's really driven home. You know, I think to that part, like you know, obviously through your involvement with the negotiations committee, that definitely came to light. But I think on a broader scale, and um, you know, maybe a bit of a different way of looking at it is truly how diverse, specifically UBC, is being the academic institution for the entire province. Mm. And so as an organization, we have an incredible amount of residents who are in very different practice locations, yep. different specialties, and have different challenges. So I think that's um, actually a really uniquely interesting thing about our organization. Um, yeah, but yeah. it also brings lots of different challenges with that. And, and you know, while it is a challenge, I want to highlight it's a challenge that really pushes you to try and do new and innovative things. Like this podcast which grew out of the idea that we needed to find a way to better connect with residents prior to initiating a negotiation cycle. Uh, and so while it is a challenge to find a way around those twin problems of rapid turnover and time, it also provides a really neat opportunity for you if you want to be involved in a leadership role to try and overcome those challenges. So uh, it's not all bad, but it's it's definitely definitely a real challenge. Yeah, so I wouldn't say takeaway. bad though. Not bad. It's challenging. <laughs> challenging. Well, that's what but I. No, just that's like anything. It's, no, a, like, it's a fun challenge to overcome. 100%, we, what I think we 100%. fail. What I think we sometimes don't realize is how much cool stuff as residents we do, and how much crazy challenges we do in our everyday 
the practices so whichever your specialty is yeah. i think sometimes we don't reflect on what challenges we experience in our clinical lives um and so you know sometimes the challenges outside of the clinical world can seem so much more massive but when i think about it you know what is more of a challenge you know resuscitating someone from a 30 minute downtime or taking on a diverse and varied challenging problem at resident doctors of bc I would say the opportunity is there, and I think it's an exciting opportunity that you can achieve um, at the resident doctors of BC level. Well, so. I think that's that's really a huge key to being involved in RDBC in my mind is that it provide it provides an alternate avenue to hone a different set of skills. Yeah, because uh, in clinical medicine, you know, it's clinical medicine. We all know what that means. Well, actually, it varies a lot depending on what specialty in you are in, but. Uh, it requires a certain skill set and leadership positions require a different skill set, especially leadership positions that are focused on a system level such as RDBC. Uh, so it really provides you an avenue to just try out different skills and hone different skills. So Yeah. So I think we should maybe um, get a bit more specific as to what exactly a board director does for sure. resident doctors of BC. Sure. I mean, this is your jam. You just did the whole governance review where you reorganized all the different titles and positions and you wanted to make everyone a vice president because we're millennials and we need participation prizes so nicholas tell us what are the positions i can run for well you know what um so with the board of directors so resident doctors of bc as an organization has the board of directors um and the board of directors uh, sets the strategic objectives for the organization and monitors those outcomes of those strategic goals um throughout the year uh it has direct uh super vision over the executive director who is um right now mr harry gray um and uh then he the executive director supervises the staff and other projects so with the board of directors we also have a number of committees that the board of directors sit on and with the governance review and some of the changes we're making for this coming year it's really exciting because we're moving from away from a committee structure that's a lot more formal and more rigid in terms of having other members involved. And we're moving more to a project team model where each board director will carry out a particular project that aligns with the strategic objectives of the organization. And these projects can take on teams um, of residents, not only board directors, but also general members as well. So I think it's a very exciting opportunity. And so this coming year, each board director will actually have a more directed leadership role in that each one will be leading a particular project. So I think that's quite exciting if you're interested in taking on a leadership role because you will be the one leading and carrying out a project and seeing it to uh, its conclusion over the course of the year or, or your board term. So I think um, that's some exciting aspects. So, so of hang it. on there. That, yeah. That's the exec, right? The exec are leading projects or no. each individual board member is leading a project? Each board member will be leading a project. And oh. so that's why I think it's, so, it's a lot more exciting. So I join the board and I have to do more work. You join the board and you get the opportunity to take on challenges and lead a project, which is, I think, <laughs> awesome. But Wait, why aren't you the communications director? You're very good right. at massaging these words. Again, this fur on the microphone has just channeled this communication <laughs> style. Um, but, you know, and then if you're interested in even furthering your leadership experience, you can then, as a board director, run for a position on the executive. And this year, we're also changing up some of our portfolios for executives, and we're proposing those at the upcoming AJM, but where each executive will have a certain domain to uh, preside over and um, supervise 
projects that fall within that area. So we have an executive who's geared towards our operations and finances. We have an executive who will be geared more towards our internal focused initiatives, things like our engagement with UBC academics, as well as our communication and connection with the general members and programs. And then an executive will be focused more on our external uh, relations, things like meeting with external stakeholders, meeting with government, uh, as well as coordinating um, our many labor relations committees and labor uh, committees that came out of the collective agreement negotiations. And so those are all executive roles that people can run for once they become a board director, uh, in addition to the president role. So I, I'm going to quickly summarize. There's something like 10 board director positions. I can't forget. I can't remember if you added one or two. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we're, we right now have seven board directors and five executive members. Um, and then so, our board will soon, if they at the AGM, if it's approved, will expand to 14 board directors total from 12. So that will be nine board directors with five exec. That's right. And just to run down the exec really quickly, we have the president, head honcho, the boss, a.k.a. Dr. Nicholas Monfries this year. Then we're going to have VP external, so you deal with all these important things that yeah. that where the resident doctors of BC interfaces with other organizations, yeah. and we learn from negotiations that this is essential having good relationships with other groups, and then we have VP internal who's dealing with all the concerns that come from within the organization, which is quite quite a lot of concerns because residents are encountering difficulties on a daily basis. Yeah. And then we have what our VP finance looking after the the money for the organization. Doesn't let me buy too many microphone heads, which I'm upset about, but that's fine. Someone has to be Someone responsible. Someone has to supervise it. Someone has to be responsible. And then we have our chair of the board. Is that our fifth one? Uh, well, so the chair of the board will... Um, will be the past president. Past president role, gotcha. yeah. So yeah. if you if you were the president, then the year after you function as the past president who also functions... And the past president functions as the chair of the board. So they run the meetings exactly. and keep everyone in line, make sure people aren't talking too much or wasting too much time on silly things, essentially. Right. Yelling at Jeff. Excuse me, Dr. Monfries, I'm a value add at every board meeting. But I think it's important to note that, one, these are the proposed changes. So, you know, these are going to be presented to AJM. And so if the membership agrees with these changes, this will be sort of what's going on. But the hope with these changes um, in terms of titles and the structure of the board is that, as you sort of alluded to earlier, uh, residents bring lots of different skills with them. And I think not having... A board director, whether they're on the executive or not, lead a project and have ownership over a project is um, not utilizing those skills that residents bring to their fullest potential. And so I think this model will allow each director to really um, thrive and um, demonstrate their skills and interests and leadership through running these project teams. And, and so let's let's just define a project really quickly as an example so people know what we're talking about. So why don't we use the Pulse podcast? Sure. So, Back in the early knots, believe it or not, I was alive and sentient at that time. I ran a silly little radio station at my high school. And in doing that, I learned how to use audio equipment. Mm. And so I brought that background to me at RDBC, at that background with me to RDBC. And so then we thought we might want to try an audio um, way of communicating with our membership. And so we came up with the Pulse podcast, and that's kind of been my project ever yeah. since. So that's the kind of thing you're talking about, right? Where totally. people have an interest, have an area of expertise, and they run with that to try and improve residency in British Columbia. Yeah, and each year, some projects may carry forward over to the next year. Some projects may change. And then, you know, the projects may also change regarding our priorities, too. You know, some years we may have a bit more of a priority for a certain area, like... Um, 
government relations, for example. Um, and so the executive and board that once they're elected will sort of mutually decide on certain projects in alignment with our strategic plan. Very cool. Okay, so Nick, I think we have summarized why it's good to be on the board, Yeah. what you can get out of it, mm-hmm. uh, what the roles are. But the last thing I want to ask you, because I already know the answer, is in terms of the non-professional, non-project-based things, like what did you get out of resident doctors at BC? What was the biggest thing you got out of RDBC that doesn't have to do with climbing the ladder or spinning the hamster wheel? <laughs> I think just forming new bonds and relationships with co-residents and other people. I think it was a fantastic. See, I took I took a risk there because I was hoping you were going to say make new friends, and if you didn't say that, I was going to be real hurt. Well, Jeff, yeah, you're sitting right across from me here, so (laughs) I feel that is the obvious. I pressured you, right? But yes, yeah, it's true. You know, I think you do. You know, you end up spending a lot of time with your uh, fellow board directors when you're involved with this organization, and I think you definitely have the opportunity to make uh, new friends, and uh, it's kind of fun because you make new friends that don't necessarily cross paths in the hospital. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, physiatry and eMERGE don't often interact. Thankfully. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, here I was able to meet someone in physiatry and, yeah, we become very good friends outside of That's true. BC. That's true. In full disclosure, we are currently recording this podcast in your condo in Alberta. Oh, we're, well, that was a secret. Wow. Yeah. It's not a secret we're anymore. Yeah sort of more national podcast that's right but it just shows how uh you know we have become good friends i think um we've hung out a bunch i think during the negotiation cycle we were pretty much talking to each other every day mm-hmm. i think this week what we hung out like two or three times this week already you just know what chilling, I, I i think that would qualify for being friends based on just the well, quantitative aspect of how there much we've hung out but so yeah, I think there's there's opportunities to make friends in, in residency and RDBC helps. And I'll, I'll be very honest, if you're coming from a small program like me, like physiatry, it can be kind of hard to make new friends. So it's nice to have outlets for meeting new people and yeah, making friends. It's fun. So, and I think um, the only other thing is, you know, in terms out of respecting the time, we've also tried to make our organization um, structured so that it's easy and somewhat fun to go to these meetings and it's not going to be a disruption for your own time and your finances other mm-hmm. than the time of the meeting so um at resident doctors of bc we've been very uh, open in terms of having you know your meals um when you're going to meetings provided um having your transportation or mileage covered when you're driving to the meeting or commuting to the meeting however you like and so i think that's important that that should not be a barrier and we've worked really hard to make sure that when if you're involved with resident doctors of bc um the sort of financial aspect of going to meetings and traveling on RDBC's behalf is not going to be a barrier to involvement. Yeah, and make sure you uh, you talk to uh, Rose, who is currently our, our head of finance, about that. Because in the first year I, of my participation in the board, I didn't know we could claim for these things. And it actually cost me money to be uh, on the board until Rose set me straight and pointed out I could exactly receive reimbursement for that. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a drain on your finances to be a member. So... Nick. Yes. That's great. Yeah. But you also wanted to tell the people about the AGM. Yeah. So the annual general meeting is uh, sort of the meeting where you will meet the new board members that will be elected over the next couple of weeks uh, from uh, through the election process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the AGM is really the, the meeting for the entire membership. So uh, I so, encourage you 
um, to come out to the meeting uh, and listen to uh, myself and my other colleagues present about what we've done this past year, uh, as well as vote on bylaw changes that affect our whole membership in this year will be mainly around our governance structure. Um, so this year for 2019, our uh, AJM is on Wednesday, August 21st. Nick, um, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat what? that while looking at the microphone so that the people can truly hear you. Sorry, I just had to make sure my date was correct. You know, so I'm just looking at my personal calendar. So we're going we're to move your phone to right in front right, of the microphone. Uh, okay. So Wednesday, yeah. August the 21st. Yep. Um, at what time? Uh, we, the, there will be an email that gets sent with the exact time, but it will be at UBC Robson Square. It will be in the evening, so probably like 5 or 6 p.m. They'll start with dinner, and then the AGM will follow. The great thing about the AGM is that there is a defined end time to the AGM because mm. we, have, we unfortunately cannot spend hours overnight at UBC Robson Square. So, so I think it's going to end at 10 p.m., right? Yeah, so it, uh, it is not going to take up your whole night. No. Uh, you can get some dinner, meet other residents, and uh, listen and hear more about our organization and uh, what we've done in the past year. So fun fact, many of our negotiation sessions were at Robson Square. And oh, yeah. we did indeed get kicked out at 10 p.m. Exactly. So we do know there's a hard stop there. Um, so that's August 21st, 2019. That's right. You can go and meet Nick. I don't know if I'm personally going to be there, but you'll definitely meet many of, if not all, with the exception of me, of mm. the, the board members. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to get involved, it's a great place to start. And, of course, if you're running to be on the board, uh, by then we'll know whether or not you've been successful. Good luck to everyone who's running. And if you've been successful, then you'll be at the mem- you'll be at the meeting as a new board member. That's right. Yeah, and um, throughout the process, I think whether you're on the board, whether you're on our council program representatives, or whether you join one of our new project teams as a general member, um, I think it's a great opportunity to be involved. And I think and I hope we will create an opportunity for everyone that is rewarding and valuable. Um, part of everyone's education in residency and training all right nick i think we've talked a lot today you wanted to keep this podcast under 30 minutes and we are at 26 so <laughs> okay well, why don't we pump, off, why don't we then. pump the brakes yeah. and like, go hit the hot tub or something sound good all right all right well thank you for listening everyone i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the pulse podcast uh and thank you nick for coming on and we will catch everyone in our next episode bye for now It is indeed a laptop replacement. Dr. Nicholas Monfries, if you would not mind facing the microphone. Yes. And speaking. Hello. Could you please say more than hello? It is difficult to complete a sound check if you're... uh, All right. I will um, put the iPad away. Thank you. But it's going to just need to be charging. Okay. Downloading the apps. Um, I feel like I'm coming down with a mild uh, upper respiratory tract infection. Yes. Um... Thanks to the children, but also the individual sitting right next to me. Correct. Um, because apparently the gym is full of sick people. Correct. Thank you, Nicholas Moffries. This is sufficient for a sound test. Good. <laughs>